you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And boy, I sure do love doing this show, but today I got to admit, I'm a little bit crestfallen. I'm a little bit melancholy because unfortunately, our usual Wednesdays with Eli is not happening today. And even more to the point, Georgia and Mizzou is not happening this Saturday. Ugh, COVID-19, how much can you take from us? And frankly, with the Tiger football game postponed possibly until December 19th in Columbia, burr, my goodness, December 19th, December 12th against Vandy already sounded bad enough, but I don't exactly envy the people in Arrowhead Stadium when I see them sitting there in December, but I guess those of us in Columbia will get to find out what that's like quite possibly. But again, considering that game has been postponed, yet another bye week for Missouri. Well, let's talk some Missouri hoops at some point. And also I do have, frankly, a personal and emotional plea to the city of Columbia. But first, let's talk a little bit of football. Now, on one hand, the last two days I spent breaking down the Georgia quarterback situation is a bit moot. At this point, and you know, you would think, especially with all the injuries that Georgia had, they really might have been vulnerable here, just like LSU was vulnerable early in this season. Regardless of how it happened, you could sure take a victory against the Georgia Bulldogs at any time if you're Missouri under any circumstances. But you know what? If you really start looking more closely at this, obviously it was Missouri. There's The reports are it was one test, one positive test that led to a large degree of contact tracing and a position group. Missouri was not able to meet the minimum threshold at one position group, so therefore this game was postponed. And it seems likely that that position group may well have been the offensive line where Missouri is already down Larry Borum at right tackle. Also, Xavier Delgado had a the tightrope procedure on his high ankle sprain. He'll be out for a few weeks. So I think we saw in the Florida game that was a big deal. Definitely was a big deal against not that great of a Florida defense. Missouri just not able to establish the line of scrimmage. So on the bright side of this, you could definitely say that, hey, another week to get some guys healthy, maybe to get the backups up to speed may be a good thing for Mizzou in the long run. And frankly, if you get Georgia even later in the season, yeah, they may have a better option at quarterback. Stetson Bennett will probably be healthy by that point. But on December 19th, a really cold game likely in Columbia, a week before Christmas, Georgia probably out of the SEC East race by then, more than likely. Boy, they're really going to have not a lot of motivation and possibly nothing to play for there so you know honestly long run this could be a good thing for your Missouri Tigers now obviously the Tigers not the only team in the Southeastern Conference who's having some troubles with COVID positive tests and contact tracing 
in its wake. I believe there's three other SEC games canceled this weekend, including I know LSU and Alabama has been postponed. I believe Ryan Rosillo joked on Twitter that the one thing that can bring COVID back in the SEC, or at least on college football, Halloween parties. Now, I think he was being obviously a little bit jokey there, but I think he was serious too. There, there might be some real truth to that. And quite honestly, after this amount of time, I mean, I remember thinking in, I don't know about you, I was thinking in June, at least as, as far back as June, I turned on CNBC as I do every morning and I would see David Faber isolated and getting a shot from his apartment in New York City instead of actually being in the CNBC studios. And I would think, man, we're still doing this. We're still doing this. Not to open up any kind of debate here. I'm just talking about mentally. Just the isolation of all this just gets old after a while. And frankly, life is more than just avoiding death. So you can't blame these young fellas for wanting to get out and actually see some people every once in a while. Maybe get less than six feet away from a female that you may not know particularly well that may be outside of your immediate social circle. Did you ever do that in college? No, no way, right? Well, I think it's hard to ask these kids to just be unlike any kids, any college kids who have ever lived for just, frankly, months on end. At a certain point, they're going to break. So before we start pointing our fingers, that's my point. Before we start pointing any fingers at these kids, just think what you would have been like. That's all I'm saying. A little empathy goes a long way. And I do want to talk some Mizzou basketball, including a great quote from Kobe Brown on our new point guard, Mr. Drew Bugs. And also, much like COVID-19 brought some unusual circumstances that colored how I bet the first week of Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC football, well, I've got a bit of a theory for college basketball betting, especially early in the season, that I want to share with all of you. But first, let's talk about our good friends at Coors Light. And you know what? Since I am hitting 57% of my bets so far over on tallysite.com, well, by golly, I'm winning you some beer money so far this season. And we're going to need some this week. We're going to need some just to get into chill mode because darn it, there's no Mizzou football this week for the second week in a row, and that's frankly just a little bit too much for me. So in order for me to just calm down a little bit, just to enjoy my chill mode, well, let's get that cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged beverage that's literally made to chill. And certainly Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the newer look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And also, I can't forget about our old friends at Built Bar. Yes, the new Built Bar is even more delicious, or as they say in the copy here, even delicious-er than before, with 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, you got to go, frankly, just try the variety pack. Just go to BuiltBar.com right now 
and try that variety pack because there's bound to be something that you will like in a variety of these low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber bars that are great for the keto diet. So again, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Well, Lord help me, I occasionally still venture onto the Mizzou message boards on the internet. And it's not just the Mizzou message boards. Any message boards on the internet, generally a fairly toxic place with a few exceptions. But regardless, you got to mine for content however it's possible. This thing is five days a week, folks. Well, one thing I noticed was one poster was, you know, maybe on the surface made a valid point that probably a lot of Mizzou fans may be thinking, and that's that, well, we shot the ball terribly last year as a basketball team, so how does it help bringing Drew Bugs onto the team who shot about 28% from the three-point line last year? Well, that's a fair point, and if you just plug that into a spreadsheet, then obviously it's not going to improve your three-point shooting. But Kobe Brown, sophomore forward for the Tigers, had an interesting quote about Drew Bugs that I thought was obviously encouraging. He said, it's like everyone is open when he has the ball. Now, that's exactly what I want to hear from a guy who, again, was all-time assist man, career assist man in Hawaii's history, a true point guard, to say the least, Well, I want to hear that he's getting guys better shots because, frankly, the idea of a bunch of guys on the Tigers improving their three-point shooting in in just in individual terms, that's great. Maybe it'll happen. But for all of them to do it, well, that's going to take better shots. And if Drew Bugs is able to get guys better shots, more open shots, then by golly, we should be hitting a higher percentage of them, right? That's pretty basic basketball. So just an encouraging thing I wanted to share there. Could just be, you know, everybody looks great and is in the best shape of their life in the preseason. That kind of talk, but just an interesting note there from Kobe Brown, I thought. And, you know, speaking of shooting, there's one guy on the team who's played a lot of minutes the last couple years that I think most people assume will play a lot of minutes this season that I'm not so sure about. I think Javon Pickett absolutely has to make shots this year. And if he does, then great. Then I'm fine with him playing as many minutes as he's played the last couple years. I love the effort. Seems like a good kid. Great cutter off the basketball. But darn it, we need people who can score this year. We need guys who can knock down shots just to make things easier for everybody else, not only to just obviously score more points, but to literally create more spacing for guys like Jeremiah Tillman and obviously penetrators like Xavier Pinson and Drew Smith. And honestly, as much as, again, I love Javon Pickett's effort, just for the size that he is, I don't see him as an elite defender. I see him as a a really good defender and a good team defender for sure, but certainly not an elite individual defender for somebody, it's like, okay, he may not be the greatest offensive player, but if you take him off the court, suddenly your defense is going to suffer massively. I, I just don't really see it that way. 
Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys can argue with me about that one. But to me, if after the first four or five games of the season in this shortened campaign, in a really important season for the Missouri program and for Conzo Martin specifically, I think you might have to pull the plug and, and shorten the rotation or maybe try somebody else. More likely shorten the rotation because I don't know how much depth Missouri has, but they certainly have a lot of options. So cutting it down to eight guys or so may be really important just to get the absolute maximum out of this squad. Now as to betting college basketball, especially here in November, early December, there's a trend I'm really watching here, and it's got to be home court advantage because obviously in the COVID-19 era, Missouri, for example, I believe is going to be around three limited to the absolute maximum of 3,000 people in the stands. But you know what? I will say 3,000 people, while certainly not enough to intimidate the the road team or anything like that, maybe enough to intimidate a referee or two, or at least maybe intimidates the wrong word, but at least sway a referee or two. So what I'm saying is, is as we've seen from around the around college football, from around everywhere, there's a big difference between the Coliseum this past Saturday where USC played Arizona State. There was nobody in the stands there. Whereas in Texas A&M, well, gosh, it seemed like there was maybe 35,000 people at a game that I saw recently. So there's a big difference between the rules and regulations and the amount of people who are involved there. So keep your eye on that, especially the places, the venues they're allowing zero fans in. Sure, there's still going to be a home court advantage there just because of the fact that, well, you're used to your own rims, you're comfortable sleeping in your own bed. You didn't have to travel via bus or plane across a state or two, that kind of deal. But still, to me, the biggest deal in college basketball and why home court advantage is such a big deal is, again, it's the referees. It's the officiating. It's just simple human nature that the referees are going to be impacted by the home crowd. I mean, it's just... It's just the way it is. It's statistically provable, I think. So at least that's my my humble theory. Early in the season, if you're betting college basketball, and you know what? I certainly will be, and you can follow me, my picks along anywhere on social media, at Locked on Mizzou this coming season. And I'll certainly be leaning toward the road underdogs really early and we'll see how that goes. That's just my theory. But so far, you know, we're hitting 57%. That's pretty darn good. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, the audience. That's going to be about it for sports talk here today. And this final segment coming up after the break is going to be a little bit more personal and well, it's definitely going to cause some people to tell me to stick to sports. So if you're that type of person, maybe skip this final segment and Check me out tomorrow, but I hope you'll forgive me considering the circumstances of this week's game. But you know what? Again, after the break, my personal plea to the city of Columbia. By the way, I should have mentioned this at the top, but a happy Veterans Day to all of you veterans out there in the audience. I'm certainly thrilled to have all of you listening without question. And you know, I was actually thinking 
about about some well tangentially the veterans today and more specifically the 82nd airborne now here <laughs> don't worry i'm gonna bring this all together come on come on for the ride it's gonna be fun i promise but and i was thinking about something we're all when it comes to covid19 we're all told that we need to listen to the science right fine and dandy nothing against science science is great and explained many many brilliant and advancing type things in our world but what science can't tell you is how to manage risk in fact it tells nothing about that for instance science explains gravity and it also explains and i'm talking basic newtonian physics here science also explains how a parachute would cause somebody jumping out of an airplane to survive, how that would f- at least substantially increase their chances of survival. But what it can't do is tell you if that risk of jumping out of the airplane is worth it to you or not. Now, clearly, during World War II and various other different times, most of the men in the 82nd Airborne, at least the ones who volunteered, they were saying, this risk is worth it to me. It's worth it to me to jump out of an airplane at night into enemy territory. That's quite a risk to take. And to some people, that taking that type of risk sounds completely and utterly insane. But on an individual level, if you think about it, if some crazed person breaks into your house and wants to kidnap your child, for instance, well, unfortunately, there is no scenario where you just get to be safe. You're now in a risky situation, so you have to take a risk. I think really that was the deal with most of the people who were jumping out of the the airplanes during World War II, right? I'm sure they were frightened. How could you not be? At least 90% of them had to be, right? Maybe there are a certain percentage of people who are just wired for just the craziest thing in the world, especially if you're an 18-year-old male or something like that. But I'm guessing a lot of those guys were scared to death. But they thought it was worth it. They thought their they thought their way of life, the American way of life, was under attack and was at risk. So therefore, they were willing to take a personal risk. But that was their own personal calculation is my point. And now's here I'm, where I'm going to bring it all back together. During this time of COVID-19 over the last seven, eight months, whatever it's been now, We as individuals are no longer allowed to make our own individual risk assessments. And again, there's nothing in science that tells us about risk management, especially assessing risk, a a uniform level of risk throughout an entire society. There's just no, there's nothing in physics or chemistry that's going to explain that. And there's also, frankly, nothing scientific to the distinction between essential businesses and non-essential businesses. And last March, I'll just tell you guys something. I'm a, I have a stake in a small business. It's called Comotion Dance. It's a dance studio here in, in Columbia, Missouri, just off the AC exit. It's a great place. We're really proud of it. Frankly, my wife and my sister-in-law, they're the ones who are in charge of the whole deal. Again, I have a stake in it a financial stake, 
and also just some blood, sweat, and tears too. I definitely have helped build the studios. I've helped haul <laughs> haul some really massive sets, some overly large sets, if you ask me. But darn it, it worked for the dance, so it's all worth it. But the point is, I'm really invested in this thing, and. My wife and my sister-in-law, especially my sister-in-law, frankly, are heavily, heavily invested in this, not only just with their money, but again, their blood, sweat, and, and literal tears. And we opened back in August of 2017, and like any small business, it takes takes time to get off the ground, absolutely. And frankly, by the spring of 2019, we were having our best year ever. But of course, you know what happened in March. City of Columbia shut down businesses. They shut down gatherings over a certain level, and that certainly affected our dance studio. And also, frankly, we want to do the right thing. We Obviously, we want all of our customers, especially, you know, our client base is 18 and under. Obviously, the parents are very much a part of this, too grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. We want everybody to be safe. And we've taken lots of measures to make sure that everybody is safe. But fortunately, we were able to reopen this past fall. And frankly, so far, so good. Nobody's gotten sick. Everybody's fine. Or at the very least, if anybody did get sick, they've certainly recovered and are doing just fine. My point is... If we're going to be labeled a non-essential business, and I get it, on the surface, dance maybe doesn't sound like the most essential thing on the planet. And on a surface, you're right, it is. But to, again, my sister-in-law, to my wife, to a somewhat lesser extent myself, it's very essential. And frankly, if we get shut down again in the middle of a season and we cannot have a competition season... We can't do our usual recital. It's really going to hurt because some kids are going to leave and they're not going to come back. And frankly, I don't know if we can survive another one of those years. So yeah, this is really, really essential to me and, and my entire family. This this small business that we started about three years ago. I'm sorry. <clears throat> this is really important to me, as you can tell. It's just been a hard few months, and I just want people to realize that there's more to COVID-19 than just avoidance of getting a disease, avoidance of death, and all that good stuff. And <clears throat> I'm sorry to sound like Kermit the Frog here at the end of this show, but I guess I needed to get this out, and I just hope that somebody at the city of Columbia realizes that, you know, there are non-essential businesses out there that, that mean a lot to people, too. So, whew. Maybe I should hit pause here for a second. Okay, I'm back. Wow, that was a little bit embarrassing, but you know what? It felt real, so what the heck. We're going to leave it in, and genuinely... I just want all of you to know that I love this audience. I love all you people. And thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm John Miller. And this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.